Welcome, everybody, to the GBO Podcast, where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminate. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. Bryce. I can get used to these 2-0 and weeks for the men. 2-0 and for the ladies? 4-0 on the week? What are they, 43-3? and Is that the number, 44-3? and was, was it last year that we just started calling ourselves the WGBO? We don't have to do that this year. We do not have to do that this year. We, I mean, we did the men's podcast all the way down to the end. It just... It, it will be nice to do a double selection show show, you know, like, like that's going to be fun. Also, it's just like, you know, five weeks ago, we're doing a, we're doing an SEC preview pod, just praying that we can get to nine wins. And here we are. It's we're doing a pod the Monday after the Super Bowl, nine and two. And we had a lot of you guys on Twitter in our email asking where the pod was last night. We appreciate that. But the Super Bowl did occur, and we apologize for being a day late. We didn't. We, we just wanted it to run its course, you know, and 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 now we've got this. we got a big week ahead of us too, man. Big uh, week of Gamecock hoops. This, well, before we get to that, let's talk about the week that was. Um, that Ole Miss game, going into that game, I was worried. And I guess – I shouldn't be worried about this team, but the old Gamecock fan in me makes me worry about any team that we play that is pretty good. And Ole Miss, known for their soft schedule this year, from what I've gathered, and they had a team. I don't like the Gamecocks. Well, we we brought it, and um, we had to hold on for dear life, but we won, and that's all that matters. Yeah, the the Gamecocks win. They win by three. Um Against Old Miss. 68, and, uh, 65. 68, 65. Um, and um, and I think we were up by 17 at one point during the game. And then it got a little tight. Um, I'll tell you, man, we have been starting these basketball games well. Well, first of all, let's clap it up for the 630 start time. Gotta ah. clap it up. Nothing better than a 630. You might have to rush to get there, but. 6.30 games are where it's at. I think that we talk about that on every pod we have a 6.30, but we're going to continue to say it. We should move for all the weekday start times to just be 6.30. That should just be a thing. It should just be a thing, which would mean that the late night start times are 8.30 instead of 9. Like 8.30, you can still get the game done by 11. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, you're not in there until 11.45 like we were against Georgia. Well, Ole Miss losing their game going into this, they blew the game against um, – they blew the game against – who were they playing? They had Ole Miss – I mean, Ole Miss had Auburn on the ropes, and then they let them off in the second half. So going into the game, I was hoping Ole Miss was going to win so we could have the battle of the best records in the league, but they lost. So Ole Miss was coming in mad, but we came out hot, and we just – just when you think this team is, oh, we're highly ranked, things are going to slow down, this team comes out hot and doesn't care about the little number that – what did Colin Murray Boyle say? The number that looked nice next to our name. Yeah, so so going into this game, we get ranked for the first time, 15th in the country. I don't think we've done a pod since that happened. Feels good to be ranked. 
does feel good to be ranked. But you know, feel- we don't have to talk about it all the time. It's because it's just a number. It's just a number. But uh, but the Gamecocks are fifteenth. No thanks to Seth Davis going into the week, uh, who who forgot to rank us. And he uh, got destroyed on Twitter. Give it up for Gamecock Twitter for kind of destroying Seth Davis over a period of 30 minutes uh, last Monday. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Bryce, first half, 7-14 from three. That's pretty good. Well, both teams, I think at one point we were both shooting over 60% in that first we were half. We shooting but, over 70% at one point during that half. But we had a four possession where we had three or four threes in a row. And even though they were shooting hot, we just that little burst in threes kind of kept our separation for most of that first half. Yeah, like the the team played great. Like like they were winning at half against the team that was shooting like seventy percent. It was just a weird game. So much scoring, not a lot of defense in that first half. Complete opposite in the second half. Yeah. So so hang on real quick. Yep. Um. So. Ole Miss in the first half ended up shooting 50, 56% from the floor and 50% from three and 100% from the foul line, okay, in the first half. And we were beating them by 12. Well, when you, score, when you score over 40 points in a quarter, you're doing all right. Yeah. Offense came to play. Uh, great first half. Getting to the – we get the, to the start of the second half. And kind of leave off where we kind of pick up where we left off in the first half. I think we blow it real quick, open to like 17 or 18 points, right? I was smelling a blowout party, and then all of a sudden things changed, and I had to rewatch the game. It was a weird second half. Strange second half. We got down. We got down. It was what? It was about, about 10 minutes left in the game. And we scored nine points in the last 10 minutes. And even crazier stat. Our last bucket was at 356 by Colin Murray Boyles, a putback, and we don't score again, and we still win. But that's incredible. Not even a free throw? Nothing. We score our 68th point at 356. So we basically we, we basically spotted them the under four timeout to come back and beat us. And do you know why we didn't shoot free throws? They didn't foul enough, foul us enough. They had fouls to give when they tried to foul at the end, so and they couldn't get us. Got to give it up it. to this officiating crew. I approve of a game of letting them play because not only did it start at six thirty, I, I think the game was over by eight twenty. You know, like but like eight fifteen. It was a fast game. It was great. And. I guess the whole arena, great crowd. The students came out, sold out. The game sold out about an hour before the game. Students had over 5,000 requests, which means you have students in the overflow in the upper deck. And it was just, everything worked out great. I think if we played Ole Miss on the road that night, it might have gotten dicey, but that home crowd helped us get the W. Well, so I will say this. Alan Flanagan for Ole Miss. Star. Um, he was determined to beat us on mid-range jumpers. Ten-foot jumper. He might have been better than the guy at Kentucky that was hitting those ten-foot jumpers. He was. He was. He. They made ten ten-foot jumpers. They Ole Miss shot a total of twenty. The, the, Ole Miss made twenty-eight shots, and almost half of them 
were mid-range jumpers. 10 of their 28, like 40%. Ah, not quite 40, but but 38% were, were 10-foot mid-range jumpers. You just don't see that. I mean, Paris even talked about it. I, I, our boy Lamont Paris busted out some math, Bryce, and it made me real happy in the post game. He, he he was doing some addition about running the stat and that like you you very rarely see a team score more than 10 points off of um after you take away points in the paint, points from three, and points from the free throw line. And um Ole Miss had 20, had 20 points from not from one of those three spots, all due to mid-range jumpers. Flanagan had 26, and he had no three-pointers shot or attempted or made because yeah. he didn't attempt them. It's just amazing so many jumpers without three-pointers to get to 26 points. He tried to beat us with, with mid-range jumpers, and in order to do it, he needed to make them all, and he almost did. Let's talk about Sharp for Ole Miss, the seven foot five transfer from Western Kentucky. We played him two years ago in the Asheville Championship. I was actually at that game in the Cynics, Asheville Civic Center, and we beat Western Kentucky. But this guy, Beanpole, tallest guy in Division One, but for some he reason, seven five, seven five, and he he can't run up the court up and down more than five times without getting tired. But Ole Miss puts him in, and we like Gray goes out. And Max there, and he kind of pushes Mac around for a good four or five minutes, and almost hurt us down the stretch. Yeah, but he didn't hurt us down the stretch, and that is because we have to we have to start talking about what this week's podcast is about. This is Colin Murray Boyle's podcast. That's what yes, we should call yes. it this week. The, the, uh, we might as well change the name to the CMB Pod. Like, because because that's what it's gonna be. Basically, the, the next twenty minutes are just gonna be the Colin Murray Boyles podcast. Um, Colin Murray Boyles, the, we're up five with like a minute thirty, and they're and they're making it tough. They they've got the ball. They they run a long possession. Well, they had a timeout. They called. And yeah, Beard ran up the play with a little pick and roll, and Gray stayed away from Sharp, and. Sharp had a two-footer uncontested until all of a sudden the Murray Boyles came out of nowhere and had the block of the game, but not the best block of the week. Later on, we'll talk about that. But his might block, have been the best block of the week. No it's, way. It's debatable. It's debatable. The, the block later against Vandy was louder. But I'm just telling you, that block on Sharp, the place erupted. Yeah, it was great. Um, it. I don't know how he got there. So like like I I just don't know he, he just came out of nowhere and um and just and and gets to sharp sharp seven five he gets all the way up there blocks it doesn't foul we get the ball run thirty seconds off the clock of course don't score which was what we were doing in that second half they get the ball come down. I want to say they get a basket, they get a mid-range, we get it, run the clock out, like uh, we get it, we run the clock all the way down, miss a shot, and then nine they seconds a, they get the ball. Yep. They get the ball back with nine seconds down three. Um and you see Lamont Paris yelling at Jacoby Wright. Foul. So this is interesting. Um I believe that Jacoby Wright fouled him before the shot. 
at least a second before, and then he went off him. Kind of, and, they, and then he and then he backs off, and then after getting fouled, the kid goes to shoot and just throws up this prayer that has no chance of going in, trying to draw free throws. But since Wright is no longer fouling him, the refs don't. The refs call nothing. Good no call, I think. Um, is that the is that is that the best best foul you could ever do? Is foul before the shot and back off and have him airball. It was just it was awesome. What the, what a I, I will agree that the best foul you can do is a foul that isn't called. <laughs> and Ole Miss fans on Twitter were losing their mind. I'd have been a little upset. I'd have been a little upset, but it would have been more ridiculous if they had given him three free throws. Now, if they called a foul and just let Ole Miss inbound the ball and run a set right there, that's fine. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have had a problem with that. Or were we in the bonus? I forget. They didn't foul us enough. No, no, no. Did did we have fouls to give? I don't remember. It was close. It was okay. around six or seven. So if we had a foul to give. Uh, they get to run a play. If we don't have a foul to give, um, sending them to the line and having to make one, miss one would have been fine. But um, that guy getting three free throws would have been a disaster, would have been an officiating disaster. But he doesn't. We get the win and a big quad two victory in Columbia, and it was just refreshing after that. It was scary those last 10 minutes, but – Whatever, it doesn't matter with this team. They can win in many ways, and who cares if they win by 20 or one? They get the – well, the net and Kempom care about that stuff, but in terms of record and the win, we got the win. Right, and um, Kyle Murray Boyles, again, we got to talk about this. He played sensational. He was our leading scorer, led the team in rebounds, and he had 16 points, eight rebounds. Nine rebounds. Nine and rebounds. I, I, I took one away from him. He was smelling a double-double, and with that block, he was just dominant down low, got rebounds. It's just – it's refreshing to have a freshman. I'm going to say he's the best freshman we've ever had. I agree. I agree. And if someone tries to say, well, Gigi Jackson, Gigi wasn't performing uh, – hitting on all cylinders this time last year. Um, um, since entering the starting lineup, um, since entering the starting lineup, I think you have to go back to B.J. Mackey's freshman year to find a freshman that's putting up better numbers. Did a little research on this. Um, you can make an argument that Darius Thornwell was better as a freshman. Averaged 13 points. Boyles isn't quite averaging 13. Even as even once he's been in the starting lineup, he's only averaging like 11. You could you could make an argument that it's um that it's Darius. I think Mackey was averaging like 15 um but uh as a freshman, but I mean that's it. Well, he was the SEC freshman of the week this week, and he deserved every every. He should vote. have been the national freshman of the week this week. I mean, he his best game of the season was Ole Miss, and then he made it an after like like he he just made it a asterisk on his resume with his play against Vandy. Well, let's get into that Vandy game. So we beat Ole Miss sixty eight sixty five. We go in and play Vandy, who's it'd be a quad four win, and. Vandy just got their first win against Missouri the week before. And Vandy, they came to play. They yeah. weren't they weren't scared of us in any form or fashion. We we end up beating them 75 to 60. But that first half, Bryce, you were nervous. Danger. Danger. Um, everyone in the arena was nervous. Um, 
I don't know what it was. Well, you Sumter, you called it out pretty clearly. We made one of 11 from three. And when the threes aren't falling, this team can come back down from earth. Yeah, well, saying they can come back down from come back down to earth. There you go. Win yeah. in Rome. No. Uh saying they can come back down to earth is when the when the threes aren't falling. If the threes aren't falling, if we're beatable. If I if the threes are going in, you, you know, it's 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 tough to beat us. I mean, the threes were going in against Ole Miss and we we decided to stop scoring the basketball for the last 4 minutes of the second half and they still couldn't come back and beat us. But um, open up against Vandy, we get a decent start, but then we go very cold. And uh, I think the one three they made, they took 11 threes in the first half to make one. I think the one three they made happened very early. Um, just um, just not, not looking sharp, kind of definitely, definitely looking like, oh, we're supposed to win this game. We're not – we didn't bring our best game out. You, you know, we didn't put that forward. Bandy had um, a chip on their shoulder and they came to play. And I guess we weathered the storm. And I guess you were going, talking about the end of the first quarter, that we just need to come out strong in the second half and I'll make at least five three-pointers and we're going to win this game. That's, that's well, the- we did better than that, man. Eight for 18 in the second half. Yeah, that was, it was, everything was needed like that. And I was just, the th- when the threes fall, and it's not really Michi Johnson that is making the threes. He's kind of turned into a passer shooting guard lately. Um, it's just BJ Mack said after a lot, three or four games of BJ Mack being kind of cold from three, he goes five of nine, 18 points. We needed every one of BJ Mack's threes. We did not need every one of them. We only needed some of them. We well, won by 15. We covered and he. Beat what Ken Palm? Ken no, Palm had us at seventeen. Well, it was close enough to where Ooh. we weren't going to so drop. In, so in that way, in that way, we needed one more of BJ Max threes to go in. Is what you're saying? Um, no, they end up winning by 15 points, and um, they just play a sensational second half. But the three point shot, yes, it started going in. One of the reasons it started going in, Bryce, is they were open, right? And can I tell you one of the reasons they were open? Why is that? Colin Murray Boyles. Because he would get rebounds and dish it out, or they would go into him early? and No, just because they had to worry about him. Colin Murray Boyles just decided in the second half of this basketball game, I'm just getting everything that I want. I think he had nine points in the first half. He, he ended with 31. Um, this is He had 12 points in the first half, I believe. My bad. He ended with 31. And um, he, he got everything he wanted in the second half. There's a run um, midway through the half where it was clear every time down the court, Michi and Taylon were just like, okay, kid, go get another one, you know, and just, and we're just feeding. He got a little tired. Lamont, t- Paris takes him out and uh, got a big standing ovation from us. He, um, he got a three, he got a three point play. He was starting to get hot. He got a three-point play with an and one that he made the free throw on. And then we just went back to him the next two times, and he got buckets. How about this rebound? Rebound, pick up jams. Yes. And the one where he got the guy on the block, backed him down, and then dunked on him. It was awesome. It was looking like a 23-year-old kid out there. Yes. 
And um, the one play during this stretch, during the stretch of him just getting bucket after bucket after bucket, there's a play during the stretch where, where we turn the ball over, Vandy gets a steal, and th- their point guard, who was pretty good, that kid was pretty good. He was fast. He was breaking away, but all of a sudden, CMB Boyle, was on the tail. Boyles comes out of nowhere and just it, – it, it just didn't have a chance. He, like, blocked it with his elbow. He took that player's soul away. As as men's basketball Twitter said, CMB, their kids here. <laughs> yeah, ga- whoever runs the men's Gamecock Twitter, it was interesting. They're good. They're good. They're good. Um, yeah. t- between Mac and Boyles, forty nine points between the two. They were kind of the. I mean, yeah, they, they were the guys, and it's just funny every game. You have another one or two, three players. It doesn't have to be the same three, same two. It's just guys step up when other people aren't playing well. Other people step up, and it's just refreshing. It it is. It's also refreshing. This team with Colin Murray Boyles on it is different than it was at the start of the season. Like we're better defensively. He's unleashed Josh Gray. He compliments Josh Gray incredibly well. It is, I mean, basically Gray and Boyles have, their game has gotten to a level where it's just put Stephen Clark and Benjamin's Bozeman's Verdunk on the bench. That was not the case in October, November, and December. Well, we were talking about that, the game, that just the combo of Matt, Gray, and Boyles, you don't need to play Clark, Clark or BBV. There's, unless there's a foul trouble situation or someone gets hurt. Yeah, they're not coming back in. They might not come back in the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, like, or if we're blowing somebody out, might might put Clark in to get in, to keep him fresh, get in some minutes. But um, this was Murray Boyles' ninth start, and and it's now it is now a different team. It's funny, you and I were probably as high on this Gamecock men's basketball team as anyone, if you count us in Gamecock media, as anyone in Gamecock media, would that be a fair thing to say? Well, we'll never be in the media because we're not a big deal. We're small fries, but we talk about the team a lot. Right, right. On the internet. Yes. There there, there are people that listen. There are people that get their opinions from us. And, um, And we probably were higher on this team than anybody out there talking about the team. Would that be a fair statement? Fair. And um, what Colin Murray Boyles has turned this team into over the last, like, over the, since he's been starting, basically, it is just, it's just beyond my wildest expectations of what I could see. I thought that this team was going to be, you know, the version of the 12 and 1 team that we got in the non con. All right, like good on the bubble, you know, can they win nine games? Can they win 10 games in the SEC? I mean, now 12 and six going to feel like a disappointment. I don't want to lose again. I don't want to lose again either. We're going it this week, Valentine's Day, y'all. So, so it, it's, it's Monday night that we're doing this pod. So the AP poll has come out. We have gone up to 11th. Auburn dropped to 12th. We are smelling the top 10. We are. And guess what? We go into Auburn and win on Wednesday. We'll be there. That's going to be a tough test. But before we get into that, all of Gamecock Twitter this week, Sumter, 
was getting their panties in a wad about how the net and Kim Pom just hate us. And I know so, that you I know you've done some research this week to bring the facts, bring the facts to the pod. Uh, so so I mean Kim Pom and the net are just facts. Like, like if you want to understand why they get their number, it's a very clear mathematical. Well, it's maybe not be clear, but it is a very factual mathematical formula, right? Uh, that both sites are running. Um, shout out to our pal Chicken Hoops on this. Uh, I might have been texting and emailing him a little today uh, to make sure I get to, to to make sure I've got all this straight. But so the way to look at it, this and the best way to make sense of all of this is kind of what we were talking about, is that we have now watched two South Carolina basketball teams, right? Do you remember Stephen Clark, Bryce? I remember him vividly. Okay, all right. He used to play, right? He used to start, right? Correct. He now does not, right? Ken Palm does not know who Stephen Clark is and that he used to start and that now he doesn't. Right, that there are two South Carolina basketball teams that have been presented. There is the team that we were in the non-con, where we went twelve and one against a very, very weak schedule. Right, and then there is the team that is crushing the first half of its SEC schedule so far against some much better teams than we played in the non-con. Right, um, but Ken Palm doesn't see the difference, even though the polls, the polls have seen it. You know what I mean? Like we went from not ranked to 15th and then to 11th. And then if we have an, if we go two and zero again, we might get as high as like six or five. Hey, if the voter, the AP voters stop forgetting to put us on their ballot, we can go top five. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That also helps when guys like Seth Davis actually rank us and don't just forget. Um, but uh, that might be the most south sidebar. Seth Davis just admitting to forgetting about us and like that we deserve to be ranked and he just forgot is maybe the most South Carolina basketball thing of all time. It will never be forgotten. But anyway, continue your thoughts. But so, but so we're two basketball teams, whereas the voters, you know, people like John Rothstein and Seth Davis and the polls have, forgotten what that team was in November and December and are and are voting based on us now, Kim Palm and the net have not. Right. And those and 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 that and that weak schedule still exists. This team that we're talking about, about how great it's been specifically over the last seven games. Since since the U we we, we lose the UGA game and we've gone on a six game winning streak. A seven a seven game winning streak starting with Kentucky. In that Kentucky game, Murray Boyles probably, that's when he started really playing and looking like a dominant player. Is that a fair? Is that fair? He was starting to shine brightly in that right. game. And so, and so that's only been seven of our 24 games. And so it, it's only about a quarter of what we've played. And the and Kim Palm and the net are going to be very slow to respond to this. Um What's the worst loss of the season? Excuse me. What's the worst game of the season? That Alabama game hurt. We got blown out in that second half. Didn't score. So, yes, I would agree because I've been watching every game this season. However, Kim 
doesn't think so. Ken Palm thinks that by far it was Charleston Southern. And then second is VMI. All right, so the Alabama game is at Alabama. Currently right now in Ken Palm, they're plus 25, we're plus 15. All right, so Ken Palm's all about efficiency. You give Alabama um, three points for being at home. And it's a it's a net of minus it, it should be a minus 13 point spread. They win by 27. So it's 13 to 14 points poorly that we did. The Charleston Southern game, we should have been favored by 31. We win by four. It's minus 27. It's twice as bad. Okay. Makes sense. And so and so it's not just losses that these metrics are taking into consideration. Right. It's it's more than these, it's more than losses. It's um these wins that we needed to win by 20 points. 15 to 20, we win by four at Colonial Life Arena in December against a team like Charleston Southern. That exists forever, and that's gonna live in the metric forever. Um, and so to overcome that, you just gotta keep winning. We need we need Murray Boy, we need the we need this iteration of the team that has Colin Murray Boyles in it to make up more than 50% of the games for this to really start reflecting in Kimpom and the net. Lastly, um, I'm going to switch metrics here, right? Kimpom's got us like 44, right? right? What's the net have us? Well, after the Ole Miss game, we were 38. And I think I looked yesterday, we were 42. Okay. So basically the net's got us exactly where Kimpom is. I'm going to switch to a third metric that I don't think we've ever talked about on here. Ooh, a third yeah. one. Third, third one. Third one. This one's new. This is new to me today. Okay. All right. Are we going to go back to the old faithful RPI? No, no, no. We're going to go to a metric. It's called Bart Tovic or Torvik. It's, it's done by a guy like Ken Pomeroy. His name is, his first name is Bart. His last name's Torvik. All right. And he runs, it's a similar, it, it, I think he's got a little bit of a different formula, but it's a similar site to Ken Palm, right? Okay. He's got us 43, right where the net are. Beautiful thing about why I'm switching to this site is he will let you change the date. Okay. Starting SEC play, he has us at 30th amongst every teams over the course of if you, if you just date it back to SEC play with 30th, okay. if you date it back to when Colin Murray Boyle started starting, he has his 24th. And if you date it back to the start of that Kentucky game, at the start of the seven-game win streak, when Colin Murray Boyles really has rounded into form, he has us 11th. Wow. And that's where we're ranked. And that's where we're ranked. And so, and so what I'm saying is the metrics are kind of reflecting what we are seeing in the polls. The metrics so thought who, who we thought we were. Right. Okay, Denny Green. Okay. Um, but uh, but so but so to to the crowd out there about um, you know Ken Palm and the Nets, you, you know, and and the ESPN app saying we got an eight percent shot at Auburn or whatever it was, you know, like. So, uh, by the way, screw you, ESPN Analytics. I just wanted to say that out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, but. But um, that we're in first place, they've got us at a 2.6% chance of winning the conference. You know, like, um, the, the point is, is that these metrics are going to remember everything that's happened every season. And every game is weighted equally, right? Um, 
And so, yes, the last three weeks of Gamecock basketball have been great. The metrics over the last three weeks agree. And so if we keep playing like this, we're going to be just fine. What, what, what I would urge everybody in Gamecock Basketball Nation to, um, to just accept is that it's going to be a very slow climb and we might never get to a point where we think it agrees with where we are actually ranked, right? But this is just the tool that the committee uses. This is not what the committee uses to seed the teams. They got this eyes. Is- they got eyes and TV sets. Yeah. So, uh, the, and and they think just like the AP voters, and they're going to be watching that Auburn game on Wednesday. That's right. That's right. Also, uh, you, you know, Auburn six in Kimpom. We go out and beat Auburn. It's going to pop. It's going to come up a little bit. And Auburn undefeated at home. The only SEC school left that's undefeated at home. They kind of have the Cameron Indoor feel there. Small arena, students around the court, really loud. Oh, I mean, that game against Alabama, that that was lit. They crushed Alabama. They had a week this week, Bryce. They they crushed Alabama, and then they got killed by Florida. Auburn struggles a little bit on the road. But, hey, I don't like that. You know, I'm glad we're actually not playing at home. Let's, let's, go, let's go win at Auburn and don't get any excuses from the media. Oh, they played – Auburn on the road. They didn't have the best Auburn. Let's go beat Auburn where they play the best ball. I've looked at all their home games this year. I couldn't find a game that they didn't win more, at least by 15 points at home. Well, let's go. Let's go definitely buck that trend. I mean, sounds, like, sounds like as our pal Mike Anderson would say, they're due for a loss. Ooh, they're due. I just – everyone – you thought everyone freaked out West beating Kentucky – and winning at Tennessee, if we win at Auburn, there won't be one AP voter that doesn't put us in the top 10. You book it. Bryce? Book it. Bryce, I'm just going to go out here on a limb. They go in and beat Auburn. We might be starting to get buzz as a number one seed. A lot of them have us as a four seed right now. And if you have another 2-0 and week and beat LSU on the weekend – you, you might see us automatically go to the three, three seed. It's, it's because of the metric. It's because of the metrics that, that they've still got us as a four seed. But at some point in time, the record will speak for itself. If this team wins out and doesn't lose again, there'll be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. This could be 1997 all over again almost, right? What will be your two seed? No, 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 no. We're not losing to Coppin State. I'm just talking about before the seat, before the right. NCAA tournament. Right. Yeah. But but if this team wins out, I mean, like, like if this team's a four seed, if they end up going 12 and six, win an SEC tournament game or something in conference play, 12 and six, 13 and five. I can't even believe we're talking about this. It, it kind of scares me. Did it kind of scare you to talk about it a little bit? I'm still in disbelief that Josh Grade made those free throws at Missouri to send it to overtime. Still in disbelief. Hey, whenever it's clutch time for Josh Gray to hit free throws, he hits them, even at Georgia. But when it's not clutch time, he says no thanks. I don't know when this season's going to end for the men, but when it does, I'm going to come on the pod and I'm going to say it's okay because I'm still in disbelief that Josh Gray made those free throws at Missouri. Still in disbelief. And how bad would they have lost been now looking at it when they haven't won a a league game? I mean, that that 
an overtime game like that to, to Missouri doesn't help in Kimpom or the net. They would have destroyed us. But just but just don't let Kimpom or the net get you down. Kimpom or the net, you need a good Kimpom or net if you are trying bubble. to make the tournament. If you're on the bubble, you need a strong Kimpom, you need a strong net, right? If, if you only have three losses in what is considered, I think, the second best conference in basketball to, next to the Big 12 this season, you don't need to worry about Kim Palmer the net. Now, HCC I also fans, do not a- think we're going to win out. Don't go aggregate me, everybody. I do not. It, I will be amazed if we win out. But, you know, but let's Clemson, go but, but Clemson and that ACC, they, they might have beat North Carolina, but they're going to be on the bubble because they keep tr- losing to teams they shouldn't be losing to. I've got a fun one for you, Bryce. What's that? I've been waiting for this. What's that? I know who Brad Brownell is. He's an underperforming coach? What? He's Tommy Bowden. Ooh. All right. He is their bat. He is this is the most football you're gonna get, folks. He is their version of Tommy Bowden. He he does just well enough not get fired to keep his job and not get fired. Okay. And when he gets on the hottest seat, he he gets a first round loss in the NCAA tournament. Right, right, right. Or or when it starts going south, he beats North Carolina. Like like they were they were playing themselves out of the tournament. They were playing themselves out of the tournament, and then he went and beat North Carolina. And now they're back. And now they're and now they're back on the bubble. Everybody's happy. He's won two out of his last three at UNC. You know, at Chapel Hill. And uh, he is he is Tommy Bowden. He's going to keep his job. Your buddy Bob Ritchie is just going to be sitting there at Furman just waiting for years for that man to get fired. And he's never going to because every time, like, if you're Clemson, can you fire him for making the tournament? You can't. He's going to make the tournament. They can't fire him, but they hate him. It's, it is exactly like watching them cheer for Tommy Bowden. And it's the opposite feeling for Lamont Paris. Not only is he going to win SEC Coach of the Year, he's up for National Coach of the Year if he if he keeps this rolling in the last seven SEC games of the year. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yes, yes. I mean, he's he's up for Coach of the Year. Uh, we we need to talk about this now. Like, um, I'm not. I don't want to talk about whether or not he will leave. I don't want to speculate to that. Here's what I will speculate. He is doing a good enough job that people will come calling. And Ray Tanner, who w- w- one of his worst traits is redoing contracts. The worst yes. trait of Ray Tanner is redoing the contract. Well, well we need him to dust off that checkbook, Bryce. We're going to need it. We got to pay Lamont his money. Like, he's earned it. <laughs> and I just, I just, let's see what happens this week. I'm pumped. Um, I just can't wait to watch the Auburn game and hopefully also LSU's coming into town. What's a little, you want a little fun fact, fun little snippet note for the Saturday game against LSU? Yeah. Trey Hannibal comes back to Columbia, oh. South Carolina, a Hartsville native. I mean, One of our favorite players for Frank. Got nothing but love for Trey Hannibal. Nothing but nothing but love for Trey Hannibal. Great dunker, great athlete. It's going to be good to see him. I just wish he was in our uniform. Trey Trey Hannibal had the classic Frank Martin sophomore slump, and and it just he had a he he was fun as a freshman. Just just 
went down as a sophomore in in just in just typical Frank management of a sophomore, and uh, and then transferred, and he's bounced around. He was at Murray State with Matt McMahon, who now got hired, who's now gotten hired at at LSU. Bryce, isn't it kind of crazy what's happened with Paris in like two years? I mean, you the pods speak for themselves. You go back in time. We wanted Matt McMahon, didn't we? He was up there. Yeah, we wanted him more than Lamont Paris. All those guys that got hired that supposedly we passed on or they said no to us, Lamont's outshining all of them. Outshining all of them. And I will also say this about the Lamont. And sorry for Sumter Link's losing his voice. That UConn came got you, though. You were yelling. I've had a cold all week, and the UConn didn't help. But um, but so I will say this about um, Lamont Paris and the hire. We were probably higher on the Lamont Paris hire than most of Gamecock Media. Again, well, we were the only podcast probably talking about it for more than five minutes. Right. Well, no, people wanted to keep Frank. There, there were there were some pods that had opinions wanting to keep Frank. And, and you know what? One, you know what people can definitely say about us? We didn't want to keep Frank at all. Right. Zero percent. Right. We liked the Lamont Paris hire because our because it wasn't Frank. Like like it, it's better because he's not Frank. I mean, obviously he was an unknown. He like he had had a good tournament run at at East Chattanooga. Tennessee Chattanooga, whatever it's called. I I keep I I messed this up on so many pods. UT Chattanooga. You, Come on. UT Chattanooga. I I mix it up with East Tennessee State. Yeah, the mocks, the mocks, the mocks. Yeah. But uh, but he had he had a good tourney run, you know, with UT Chattanooga, and um, it's kind of an unknown and. You know, he can stay here for a while is all I'm concerned with. This is I, – I think he's the real deal. He can recruit. He can player develop. He can coach. Um, just listening to him talk, like, about the mid-range jumper thing, he he clearly has a an, an outlook on how to run an offense, and it's been clear on the floor. Why not us? Why not us? Let's beat Auburn. I'm so jacked up, fellas. Fellas, make those reservations early. Get like a good, don't get the late reservation. If if you are listening to this pod and haven't made your Valentine's Day reservation. Yet, it's too late. If, well, all you've got are like the 9 o'clock or like the 5 o'clock. Go with the 5 o'clock dinner. Game tips at 8.30. Put your significant other to bed. Yeah, Watch that that's game. Right. But, but buy a nice bottle of wine and let her drink all of it. This is the only time that we're happy for an 8.30 or 9 o'clock start time. Exactly right. The only time. Exactly right. I do not think our wives will have made it this far into the pod to hear this, Bryce. That is 100% correct. Because <laughs> they're hearing it through the walls. Anyway. That's, that's also true. All right. We, we got to talk about the women. All right. 2-0 for the men. Let's see what happens this week at Auburn and LSU at home. All right. The women go into the week. And even though Missouri had a crappy record, for some reason – they play us well, and they had the last win against us in the regular season. It took was it two seasons ago? It's it's so far I've almost forgotten about it. But always a little worry when we play Missouri. But about after about what five things we actually got down what five or six points early. But after the first three or four minutes, 
this game was over. It was blowout city. We, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's the, it's the second tier of the SEC. Like, like, and we're just better than them. And we're much better than them. And we're just going to win these games. I agree. And it was just, it got to the point where I some of these teams, I feel sorry for them. But then I remember they beat us two years ago and I say more, I, more I points. do not feel sorry. If if we're blowing out Ole Miss, I'm like Coach Yo at Ole Miss. Right. Um, um the 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 Vandy's got a fun little program. They're they're on the up and up. They had a nice game against Georgia. Um, but uh, but the, blowing out some of these teams, I feel bad for them. We could have we could have beaten them by ninety, and I would not have felt bad. Wouldn't have felt bad. They would have deserved they 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 have it all coming to them. Well, this was the first game without Camila Cardoso, who went back to Brazil for um, to play for her country's team, trying to qualify for the Olympics, which they did not. So she'll be coming back soon. Uh, but little worry, I guess, with Kitts and Watkins without Cardoso, but really they put that to bed within five minutes and just blew them out. Kitts and Watkins, what a pretty good I was combo. not worried. Pretty I, good I would like to go on the record. This is not a slight to Camilla Cardoso. Wasn't worried. Wasn't worried at all. I think Ashlyn Watkins could be starting on literally any team in the country other than us. It's funny you say that. Dawn today in the practice, they are interviewing her, and she said that she might be starting Watkins over Cardoso. She should. Cardoso shined in that role coming off the bench against Boston. Love it. Love it. Hadn't heard that until just now. Sign me up all in. Um. But anyway, shout out to Full Wally in the Missouri game. 19 points, and she's getting more and more comfortable. She always had the show me, the show off plays, but she's starting to be more and more dependable. And like what I see from Full Wally going down the stretch. But anyway, this leads in. So we beat Missouri 83-45, and that takes us into the UConn game, which this team, UConn team, is not the team of years ago with Brianna Stewart. But they still have UConn on the jerseys. Paige Buckers playing, Edwards playing, those two the only stars on their team. And I knew that going in, and everyone else is a role player. And UConn, it was that battle in that first five minutes of that first quarter. But after that, we beat the crap out of them. We blew the doors off. And it was awesome to be there and seeing UConn fans going, we're just not that good anymore. It didn't even get out like – like we even beat them in the first period, which we normally don't do. We normally allow a team to hang with us for a little bit before it's like, okay, it's over. But no, it was 21-10 after the first period. It was over. It was over. You might as well have beaten traffic and gone home. I love beating traffic, but uh, it's just, it's impressive with this team. They took it to them. And Paige Beckers, when she has an open shot, it's always going in. And Edwards, I think she's our fifth year there that she is impressive down low because she got her points right but no we didn't let anyone else get their points outside of those two and it was just refreshing seeing this team kits and watkins looked like seasoned vets down low we didn't miss cardoso at all this week bryce you talked about the block of the of the week of the block of the season uh and that i needed to wait and and that then it got one upped 
Um, we should I have a rating of all the blocks this week for the top I, five. I didn't, I didn't know which one you were talking about because Ashlyn Watkins stole a girl's soul. Like, like she blocked it into, she blocked her so hard it went out of bounds off of the UConn player's face. Like it hit her, she blocked it from behind so hard it hit her in the face and went out of bounds. She could, might have should have caught a foul because the block was so aggressive, even that, though it was all ball. You got to get extra points on the block if it goes off the player you blocked. That's this extra yes. points. Yes, yes. Because at a certain point, you get mad at the block because it was such a bad, like a, a dominating block that you might as well take the ball in the air. I've always said that. But when I you hit him, on both, I believe on both of Murray Boyles' blocks this week, we collected. The ball didn't go out of bounds, and we collected the loose ball of the block. But, so we uh, checked yeah. the box. They, the best blocks is you take the soul away from the player. Two is it doesn't go out of bounds. And three, you get the ball. You retain the ball. You retain the ball. That's the best yeah. blocks. Yeah. Um, it, there's nothing worse than when you block someone's shot and you just you just send it six rows into the stands, and then they inbound the ball and hit a three. Like, like those those are terrible. But uh, how about Pow Pow coming out early? And she usually maybe is a little delayed in scoring in some of these games. She came out hitting three after three after shot after shot. She came ready to rock. She's been ready for this game since she committed. This is she committed to play in that atmosphere. She talked about it. She talked about it after the game, how um, how she loved how loud the Colonial Life Arena was, which, oh, it was rocking, Bryce. I mean, you were. We were both there, but we were but there. For for those of you who were not, it was rapping, and um, and she and she said it was. She came to play in this environment, in the environment that Dawn's built, and um, you know, and she came ready to play, and she was knocking down everything. Refreshing from her, twenty-one points, five of seven from three. And then Watkins and Kitts, 15 and 14. Watkins just misses a double-double. I mean, I'm all fine with Watkins and Kitts starting down the down, down the stretch. Have Cardoso, as we mentioned, come off the bench. How refreshing would it be that having her coming off the bench when all the everyone else is tired and dominate even more? Yeah. I have it's Sumter speechless. I have yes. him speechless. Yes, um, like like it. The, the team didn't miss Cardoso at all, and so be, being able to bring Cardoso in off the bench, being able to bring Watkins in off the bench, it's it's great. I think Watkins is the best defensive player in the country. And they left her off the Naismith defensive it's, it's player of the year today. Starting. It's I know, been starting. but she is the. I think she is one of the best in the country. Um, I got a fun one for you, Bryce. What's that? Right, <clears throat> the men and women go four no this week right we're talking hypotheticals we're talking hypotheticals no no no. this past week this past week the week okay so we're talking about facts okay we're talking about the things that happened right in three of the four games that they played they they have the best combined record in the country oh by far in three of the four games that they played this week their leading scores were freshmen from Richland School District 1 high schools. Future, local future stars that are stars now. And then another one 
in her first like week of starting shines score like just has has just phenomenal games both times with Ashlyn Watkins from Cardinal Newman. But like Colin Murray Boyles leading the men in scoring both games. Malaysia Full Wiley led us in scoring against Missouri. Like you're like, talking skeezer. You're talking skeezer. Okay, okay, private school kid. Uh <laughs> um, but I'm talking just the Columbia area. I'm talking 803 is what I'm talking. Um just just kids from Columbia, from Keenan, AC Flora, Cardinal Newman, um, freshmen and sophomores. We're, we've got the we've got the best overall record of in men's and of combined men's and women's basketball in the country. And we're doing it with all these with all these hometown kids. Not, not to mention, you, you know, the men's team, Taylon Cooper's from Dorman, you, you know, um, Zach Davis from Orangeburg, Jacoby Wright from Fort Mill, like BJ like, Mack just from Charlotte down the road. Just from Charlotte, yeah. And so it this is fun doing this with um with the program's doing it with local kids. The talent is here in the state. Dawn's, you, you know, got Joyce Edwards coming in. And she had Sarah Strong in the building, the number one player. Where's Sarah Strong from? North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. And she was visiting, um, um, and she's 6'2". Imagine Joyce and Sarah, number one, number two, coming in and just just too many stars. But Dawn knows how to handle too many stars, unlike LSU and other places. She, she she knows how to keep them, for the most part, happy. I mean, she lost Sonia Rivers to NC State. Uh, she lost Cooper. Um, who was who was a top recruit? Um, it's you know like it's possible that I don't think she's losing anybody off of this team. What's what's Cardosa's um, eligibility like? Is she out or does she have another year? I think she might have one more, but she's gonna go. I think she's projected top at, five in the draft. At what point are we done with the COVID year and we can go back to understanding this? I don't. I, I I'm not even gonna even try to guess. I just don't know anymore. Everybody's got another year eligibility. Yeah, it it feels like uh, hey, BJ Mackey's got another year eligibility. What if they start letting (laughs) players from the '90s come back? And you know, they got one more year. Um, I take Devin Downey and take Thornwell one more time. Yeah, sure. Um, But uh, but so um, the the thing that was interesting we haven't talked about this, but Shania Job getting. Um, getting suspended, we were with nine players, and we only needed seven of them. That's true. Well, we got some good minutes from. Yeah, I mean, she she, she's basically playing seven without Cardoso, but but I mean, Fagan got some. Fagan provided some serviceable minutes. Well, we don't know what happened with Job, but hopefully she gets back on the team, but she's suspended indefinitely, but hopefully she learns whatever she did was wrong and I get her back. Have you heard what she did? I have not. Gotten crickets on this. Like, like, um, um, I have no idea what this is. And Um, I, I, I will say Next year's team is on display. Like I think everybody that played against UConn is back next year, right? Pow Pow is going to. We're losing. Pow Pow's gone. That's right. That's right. Transfer. Yep. Yep. Pow Pow. So 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 there is a spot. There is a spot for you, you know someone like Sarah Strong and Joyce Edwards to come in and get some playing time. They'll just come in for Kits and Watkins when they need a break and yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs>
Who do you have coming off to replace your starter? So just the number one, number two recruit in the country. It's fine. Just, just them. Honestly, if we don't land Sarah Strong, everybody, there are some UConn fans trolling us about on Twitter about uh, about how we're not going to land Sarah Strong or something. The only reason we don't is that she watched this game and, and is just looking at the front court and just saying, how am I going to start over Watkins and Ketz? What she should be thinking about is how Dawn's going to develop me and I'll go top five in the draft. That is true. And, and win a national championship or two. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. Men and women. Feels good to say that. But, hey, what a week it was, Sumter. Let's just do it again next week. Let's go 4-0 this week. How's that sound? That sounds great. Who do the women have this week? All right, the women play at Tennessee, technically the number two team in the conference in terms of standings. And then they have Georgia they beat at home. Somebody. Did, they, did they beat LSU? Tennessee did not. Okay, um, but but anyway, we play at Knoxville, Tennessee. Be a challenging game a little bit, I would think. And then we play the worst team in the conference, Georgia. And ESPN College Game Day is going to be in Columbia to watch us play the worst team in the conference. I think the goal of the game should be don't let Georgia score 30 points. That's what we should set a standard. Let's score 100 and not let Georgia score 30. So what – I think you're saying is Cox by seven ninety. Cox by seventy is what Cox I want for seventy. That's that's doable. But anyway, um, yep. Any yeah, closing and, thoughts, Sumter, for this week? Any modern exterminating? What's bugging you this week? Anything bug you this week? Um, nothing. Even the officiating I felt was okay. Ole Miss was a little suspect, but we got some favorable calls in the first half. They 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 came back like Carmen in the second half. The nothing really is bugging me at all. You know no, what? No bugs. Must have just had my modern treatment because I have zero bugs, Bryce. I had my pest control this week for modern, and I got no complaints either. No termites here. No termites. No thanks. Anyway, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you again next week. We got a special guest coming on next week. John Whittle of the Big Spurs joining us to talk. Hopefully a huge upset win against Auburn. Yeah. All right. For Sumter and Bryce, we're out of here. Go Cox. GBO out.